Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. Good to see everybody here for worship. We are in the fifth week of this series called God Dreams, and in this series we've been clarifying our identity and also unveiling plans connected to our 10-year vision and we've been using a, a tool called the vision frame. And so we're walking through pieces of this vision frame each week. And so just a quick review on what this frame involves. Off to the right, you see the word mission. And we, about a month ago, we began by looking at the mission of our church. Mission answers the question, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, and here, here's our mission, inviting people to take their next steps with Jesus. This is Orange Crest Community Church's mission. This is why we exist. This is what we're doing here. And then next on that frame are our values. And values answers the question, why are we doing it? God is interested not only just in the what, but also the why. And so we have five values that we talked about three weeks ago. Life to life, space to investigate, team with us, commitment to train, and guided by scripture. And if you're really... Curious about what those means? If you're, if you weren't here, then check out our website or our podcast. The next side of the frame is our strategy. And strategy answers the how question. How do we accomplish our mission? Uh, it, without this, it's, it's sort of just words on a page, a mission. And so this uh, puts feet to our plans and gives us uh, a sets of steps that are clear and doable. And so last week we looked at the five steps of our strategy, uh, that if you'll keep doing these things, this is going to keep you from uh, plateauing if you're a Christ follower. So attend the worship service, join a group, commit to the body. This is called the body of Christ. Volunteer on a team and invest in and invite others. These five things, are, uh, we would encourage you to keep taking those steps uh, through the years and decades of your life. And now we want to turn to the, the top side of the frame, and it's this word measures. We want to look at the measures. And the, measure, the measures answers the question, when are we successful? So if you're wanting to follow along on the listening guide, you can jot the word when there in the blank. When, when are we successful? How do we know when all of these components are working as they should be? In other words, uh, when, do you, when do you know you've hit the bullseye? When do you know you've hit the mark? In 2004, in the Summer Olympic Games, in Athens, there was a man named Matt Emmons. He was one shot away from his second gold medal at the 50 meter, in the 50 meter rifle competition. He'd already won a goal, gold before, but he was so far ahead in this event that all he needed to do was hit the target anywhere on the target. He fired and he watched his bullet score yet another bullseye, uh, but the scoreboard didn't light up. And, he thought, uh-oh, something's wrong. And so he turned in, in confusion to sort of protest the malfunction of, of the scoring, but it wasn't a malfunction. Uh, he actually hit the wrong target. He, was, he, was, he had a perfect shot, but just at the wrong lane. He was standing in lane two, but he, he fired at the target of lane three, and he missed. And so he got eighth place, and his dream of another gold medal came crashing down. Horrible, huh? I know. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, think of all the things that you've you've done with your life, and those moments of regret where you're like, "If I could just do that over again." I mean, no doubt this comes to his mind over and over and over again. 
just that, you know, he missed that mark. And what if we as a church learned that we just missed the mark? You know, we could be pursuing our, our mission, our values, and our strategy, but what if, what if we missed the mark? What if we don't hit the right measure? For example, we could aim to increase attendance here at OCC and, and see if we could drive numbers up. And if the numbers are going up, does that mean that we're succeeding? Not necessarily. Or we could aim to increase uh, giving and serving, you know, volunteering around here. And if, if, the, if the giving and serving numbers go up, does that mean that we're succeeding? Not, not necessarily. While, while those numbers are important, they don't get to the real heart necessarily of how a church is doing. And so more, more can be said about this church than just the numbers of our church. Jesus just didn't gather crowds of people and try to produce balanced budgets. He was really aiming to change hearts. He wanted to change people's lives. And so we need to be clear on what the target is that we're aiming at as a church. And so our bullseye is spiritual maturity. I encourage you to write this down. Spiritual maturity is measured by Christ-like character. We're aiming towards people who are like Christ, who become like Christ in their character. And you see this over and over in the letters of the New Testament. So we'll look at three examples from Paul's letters in the New Testament. We'll walk quickly through some passages. And I want you to to see if you can recognize the parts that have to do with spiritual maturity. So look at what Paul writes, Colossians 1, 28 and 29. He, he writes, we proclaim him, speaking of Christ, we proclaim Christ admonishing, that's like encouraging or giving counsel to people, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. That word perfect, it, it you could use the word complete if you wanted to. He says, our... our our, our aim here is we want to present people complete in Christ, mature in Christ. He's talking about spiritual maturity. And then in verse 29, he reads, To this end I labor, struggling with all of his energy, which so powerfully works in me. So Paul's describing that this is, this is he's throwing everything at this. To this end I labor, spiritual maturity. I want to present people perfect in Christ. He says, I'm struggling with all the energy that God supplies the word struggling is, it's an athletic term in the Greek. The Greek is describing that you're competing or you're contending in an athletic event. You're trying to, you're trying to, uh, win the prize, but you're, you're throwing all your energy at it. Paul's describing his goal is to help people become mature with all his energy. To the Ephesian church in the book of uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, he writes this, he's talking about the church and how Jesus gave some people to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. These are some of the leadership roles that you see in, in the church. He said, God, you know, Jesus has given people, uh, they, he's assigned some roles to leaders. Why? Well, verse 12, the leader's role is to prepare God's people for works of service. The leader's job is to equip the body of Christ. I have an equipping role. Why? Well, so that the whole body of Christ can just feast on ministry. I'm, I'm sort of trying to set up the table. Our leaders of groups are trying to set the table so that group members can ha- can feast on ministry together, that, that we can be useful to God in ministry. And it, it goes on and he says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Verse 13 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We're aiming at maturity, Paul writes. Why do we have leaders in the church? Well, to equip the saints so that they would grow, be unified, gain an understanding, a full understanding of who, who Jesus is and, and become mature. We're not done until we hit the mark of maturity. That's a very important measure. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Our goal, or God's goal, God's goal for your life and your involvement in a church is not that you just become a better version of you. That's not his goal. It's not just to become a better version of you. It's, it's to become like Jesus until we become like him. There's this process where God is working on us and he's, he's changing us and we're becoming more like him. Process, one of the terms is sanctification is to become made, we're, we're being made holy and he's changing us on the inside. Romans 8 verse 29, Paul writes to the church in Rome. He says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. What Paul's saying is, in God's eternal plan, God chose Christ's followers to be, com- to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That we would be, in, in, that we would be, be like Christ in our character. This is the direction he wants our lives to be flowing towards. So the measure of maturity is, is that. It's Christ-like character. That's the target we're aiming at. If all of our activity here doesn't lead to spiritual maturity, Christ-like character, then we're missing the mark. So f- four specific measures that we want to uh, comment on that you can use as a tool to evaluate, am I maturing? Is this the type of person I'm becoming? So we're being successful when people hit these marks. Number one, when people relate daily to God himself through the Bible and prayer. That's our hope. We would want that you feed on God's word daily and that you spend time in prayer daily. We would hope that you would self-feed and that this would really supplement what you're experiencing in your time with God himself. We want you to spend time with God himself. Over time, we would say this is what a mature person does. They relate to God. He or she is being impacted by God's word and through prayer. They're praying for things. They're seeing God come through in prayer, and they're sharing those things with others. When they open their mouth, a spiritually mature person, there's a noticeable connection to God's word and what, to, to what God's word says and, and just time with him. If you spend time with a spiritually mature person, you walk away from that interaction. You think, yeah, that person has been spending time with God. Some of you, are, you're not in your head because you, you, people are coming to your mind. People that you'd say oh, that they're spiritually mature people. When I when I get around with them, it encourages me because it's they're they they're like Christ. And in, in, they're not Christ. They're not perfect. They're still sinful. They still struggle. But they're 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 like Christ, and they they help me. They inspire me to be like Christ. Another measure is this: when a person would yield at the crossroads to Christ as Lord, yield to the crossroads. Or yield at the crossroads to Christ as Lord. One major crossroad in your life is where you just realize, I'm going my own way in life and I, I am leading my life. And God is sort of out there. It's not included in your life. But then you hit 
the crossroad and you, you hit a point where you say, Jesus, I want you to lead my life. I yield my whole life to you. From this point forward, I want you to be the boss, the Lord of my life. Take, take, take it from here. That's a big yielding. Wouldn't you agree? That's a huge yielding. And it's not a yielding where you're just like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. No, you want to put some thought into that. You're counting the cost. Am I ready to yield to Christ? But it's a big yield, but then there's a bunch of little yeses along the way. You yield daily, don't you? You wake up. You don't want to do it Jesus' way. You want to do it your way. And so when you say, you know what? It's not, not my way today. It's your way. You're yielding again. You have an interaction with someone that's difficult. You're yielding again to Jesus' way. You're making a big decision. You're like, I want it this way, but you recognize this is Jesus' way. And you yield again. You're yielding and yielding. That's a mark of spiritual maturity. When you yield to Christ at those crossroads, that's, a, that's an important mark. One big yes and a bunch of little yeses daily. The next measure, that you share Christ with others and help them grow. This is a, a mark of spiritual maturity. If you're a person who shares your faith with people, you know, there are people in this room that are here because somebody shared their faith with you. Occasionally there's a story where a person just, they heard something on the radio or they, they watched a show and it, God began to use that and they went and found a Bible. And, and, and But how many of you, your first connection to faith in Christ was because someone shared their faith with you, shared their life with you? Maybe just a show of hands. Up high, yeah. I mean, it's... it's it is so important to keep in mind this piece of how faith passes from life to life. But it's a mark of spiritual maturity to be the person to pass that on to another. To begin to share what you've experienced with someone else. We pass through different stages of development spiritually. Just like children pass through different stages of development. As a baby, you, you show up here and you're, you're a newborn. Well, spiritually, you arrive as a newborn as well. When you... Yield to Christ, make him boss. You start out as a newborn baby. You're not ready to take care of yourself. You need guidance. You need people to help nurture your growth in the faith. But you pass from that newborn state into more of a toddler state where you're beginning to cruise around furniture and spiritually, you know, you're, you're getting your bearings. You're starting to get your feet under you. And then you pass through another stage in your younger training years and you're, you're trying more out. You're getting more patterns and you're, and then eventually you step into this place where you're you're a mature Christ follower. The mark of a mature Christ follower is that you begin to then help newborns. You help people come to Christ and then help others begin to grow. This is why we don't have two newborns caring for each other in the nursery right now. We don't just you know open the gate and then let them all come in. Well, we'll see what happens. You know. Or even the toddler state. That's not gonna, that's gonna be worse, right? <laughs> no, we have adults in there. This is the same thing in our spiritual lives. We need adults who will take the time and help us grow up in, the, in our faith. And if you begin to do that, that's a mark of spiritual maturity. You can have, and you can have that type of influence on other people's lives. And don't think, well, I'll do that when I'm like 20 years in the faith. No. Why not ask God to grow your faith and accelerate a more rapid development in your faith by beginning to do that now. Because what will happen is you start sharing your faith with others. It's scary. And you're like, why am I sharing my faith? I, I'm not that far along. Well, what happens is you're like looking in desperation. God, they have questions. I need your answers here. 
and and you're trying to you're just trying to stay a few he- steps ahead of them, and that's great. That's how we grow. The last measure is this: it's that you would practice the OCC heart attitudes. The heart attitudes are a summary of the biblical one another's. They really they really capture how do we love people when when Jesus said love your neighbors yourself. We love one another, but then also how do you team with people? So we have seven practices that. We'll introduce you to you next week. If you've been coming around OCC for a long time, you know uh, these hard attitudes. But if you're newer, then I would encourage you to come. These practices are the backdrop of church life here. And so we'll show you how these practices support the overall frame that we've been looking at. But if over time we're on mission and we're focused on our values and our strategy, what begins to emerge is a picture. Remember when you were young, you would do connect the dots picture, and you don't really see what it is until... You you see you can probably see what that is. It's a face, right? Go ahead and you know, it, yeah, definitely not my face. <laughs> but you know what happens over time is you begin to practice the mission and the strategy and the values. Is that a, a picture of a person begins to emerge? What God wants to do is He wants that picture to be full maturity. He wants you to be uh, complete in Christ. So these, these, this frame is helping you get there. So as you look at this complete list of OCC measures that you've got, there's the complete list right there. We would say this, is, this marks spiritual maturity. Um, these are core areas that we want to help you grow towards. And so I encourage you, use this as a tool to do some self-evaluation this week. Reflect on this this week. I want to shift gears and look again at our advanced 10-year vision. We've been talking about some major initiatives that we'd like to focus on over the next 10 years. And so here they are in, in order so far. Number one, we, we want to secure and build to establish permanence, meaning we want to find a permanent home for this church. We're a portable church. We set up and tear down, have been doing so uh, for 11 and a half years, almost 12 years. And we do this... Uh, because it, it is, it has been more prudent for us to rent than to buy. But we knew if our church continued to grow, we'd hit a certain point where it's no longer prudent to pour all of our manpower into a construction process every Sunday morning. Uh, and so, if if God ever opened a door for us to get permanence, uh, we would love to see that happen. Well, we began praying for it, and preparing, and saving for it, and now we're in escrow on a piece of land that is. Uh, it's actually heading down the hill. It's more central in, in Riverside, but it is on Alessandro and Glenhaven. And it's a former Riverside Swim and Tennis Club. And you can find a video about the property on our website in case you're curious about it. And so, but it's going to help us establish permanence so we can advance into the future. And it's something we're in escrow on right now, and we're in a process of what's called a due diligence period, where we're looking at all the details to make sure it's something we can build on in the future. Uh, It's something that a church building process is not done overnight. Some of you have been a part of a church building process, and it takes many, many years. And so we don't know if... uh, That's why it's exciting that this is a 10-year vision, because it may be that we're not in that property for even a decade up until from now. But if God is, is in it, God controls the timing, and if resources allow, we could get on that property in you know three years, four years. We don't really know, but, but we're trusting God with the timing. We're continuing to move forward towards this. But that's one thing we sense a uh, focus towards. And then second, to train 200 
leaders from our own people and from the emerging generations. We have a few training programs that we are excited to be able to train people who can be effective right here in helping us reach our area and equip people to, to, to help invest in or advance God's kingdom, but also to train people who might go out from here and launch new churches, new ministries, head into the mission field overseas even. And so we're excited about training uh, more and more of you. We've trained over 100 adults so far, but we'd love to have this ambition goal, ambitious goal to keep going after. Then third, we want to extend via multi-site with live team teaching. This is not something we sense we're going to be doing in the next two years, but at a certain point, if God allows us to extend our reach to a part of town where we have little to no impact, uh, we have emerging leaders who God's called to ministry that we think we could launch to start another site and that we could team teach together and still be synced up uh, in, in two different places. And so uh, that's something that's uh, further on the horizon, but we wanted you to know about that. And then last week we announced that in the next 10 years we hope to launch three healthy and multiplying church plants in strategic California cities. We believe California is a is a, a key state. Uh, we are the largest, we are the most populated state in the U.S. And a lot of people are leaving California, and we sense God has positioned us strategically to train and then even send people to help reach California. We'd love to see a renewal movement that we could be part of. And so I want to share with you the details of our first church plant. We're going to show a video to announce where we're going to be planting and who's going to be planting our first church. God has called me to plant a new church, and in June of 2020, my family and I will be moving to Santa Clarita, California. I'm Bruce. And I'm Erin. And these are our four kids. We currently live in Riverside, California, and it has been our joy to attend Orange Crest Community Church since it started 12 years ago. Hi, I'm Josh De La Rosa, Senior Pastor of Orange Crest Community Church in Riverside. Since our beginning as a church, we have desired to be a multiplying church. That's a part of our vision. We want to plant in strategic California cities. Bruce and Aaron Wood have been a part of OCC pretty much from the start. In the first few months of beginning our church, uh, they plugged in and really helped us plant OCC. Uh, Bruce has played a variety of roles in church life. In 2010, he became a full-time part of our staff as one of my associate pastors. He's played a number of roles and really has helped us build and then gain momentum. He understands how to lead and he's been responsible for things that I've been able to really allow him to just move and move forward. And so I'm really excited about this new season of his life and ministry. I'm really grateful that my training has happened at OCC and alongside other churches within our network. We're part of the 17-6 network, which has church planting in its DNA. Over the years, Hundreds of churches have emerged from our network. Yeah, this launch will be basically four generational churches. It's consecutive. And so we have had pastors in our generation being trained up and raised up within churches and then being sent out to start in different cities. And so things began at Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas, where Pastor Harold Bullock launched a new church that was focused on training leaders who would 
eventually launch out. Church in the Valley was led by uh, Pastor Randy Lanthrop. Pastor Randy Lanthrop was trained at Hope Church, and after several years of training, he launched Church in the Valley in Dimebar, California. Uh, my wife and I moved right out of college to that congregation in, in Diamond Bar. We got our training at Church in the Valley, and after being there for eight years, they sent us out with a launch team to begin Orange Crest Community Church. And now after over a decade of leading here at OCC, Bruce has been a person that's been faithful in the congregation, and now we're sending him out to start a new work here in Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita is the third largest city in Los Angeles County, and L.A. County is the largest county in the whole United States. There's 10 million people in L.A. County, and because of its cultural influence, its population, its growth, this is a strategic California city to plant in. This is Towsley Canyon. This is the very first place that I came to when I first started scouting out Santa Clarita as a possible option. I'm an outdoors guy, and so I, I love to hike. I love to be on, on the trails. And so I came here. Uh, I spent some time praying and reflecting on God's Word. And God spoke to me. And, and He drew my heart right into this city. It surprised me. Uh, and, and God answered a very specific prayer that I would meet a person that would, that would be a link and bridge me into the community here. And he answered that prayer, and that happened right here on these trails. Santa Clarita is a beautiful city. Uh, it has a reputation for being a great place to raise families. Uh, it's safe, it's well-kept. But for all the appeal, uh, there's a deep spiritual need here. For example, uh, Santa Clarita is the number two city in California for personal debt. People here are overextended. Uh, you know, the cost of image and, and keeping up it has its price. And that pursuit ultimately leaves people feeling empty, and laden with fear about the future. About 94% of the people of Santa Clarita don't go to church. Even if all the churches that are here were, were filled many services on Sunday mornings, we wouldn't begin to scratch the surface for the great need that's here. And the opportunity just keeps rolling in. There's a brand new neighborhood being developed right now. It's going to be one of the largest grading projects that's been seen in, in Los Angeles County. It's called New Hall Ranch. They'll be putting in over 20,000 new homes. Uh, there'll be parks and, and seven new schools, a golf course, uh, a lot of shopping. Uh, another opportunity is the College of the Canyons. Uh, this is a large junior college with an, an enrollment of 17,000 students. And so there's an opportunity here with uh, reaching young people that will make an impact in the future. Our plan is to relocate and move our families in June of 2020. And our plan is just to dive into this community, uh, start meeting people, hosting block parties and events, and going to community events, uh, getting on, on people's turf through sporting events. Uh, and we want to begin inviting people to our pre monthly preview services, and eventually our grand opening at the beginning of 2021. We hope to grow from the harvest by finding people who are far from God and invite them to take their next steps with Jesus. So if you were to add another part to our measures, another part to our measures would be to multiply. I think that's that's something that if we're walking through this process, there should be uh, opportunities to multiply and, and launch churches from here. And so uh, you heard on that video from Bruce, and I've asked Bruce to come up to the stage and share about what has led him to this point. And Bruce has been... Bruce and his wife, Erin, plugged in when we were meeting in living rooms, and so I uh, came very early on, and so you're going to hear about his story and sort of some of his testimony and what has led him to this point of, of now sensing God's called him to church plant. So, 
we, uh, God brought us to OCC very near to the beginning. Our first service was in a living room with about 12 adults <laughs> and a bunch of kids upstairs. It was before we had even had a grand opening, uh, before we had any kids even. And um, we started attending the church, doing previous services, uh, did the grand opening, and got connected. At the very beginning, OCC was uh, smaller, and we did a lot of events together, hanging out, beach trips, um, barbecues in the backyard, you know, did church service and, and everything. It was a lot simpler. We didn't have any of this stuff and like, you know, much of your chairs. Like it was pretty basic um, because it was smaller. And the cool thing about being smaller is uh, you, you can build relationships fairly quickly and spend a lot of time together. Uh, being small, though, means there's a lot of things as a church we couldn't offer. There was programs. Sometimes people would come and visit and then bounce off because there was things we just really couldn't provide as a church because of our size. But over the years, God uh, made our church grow, and uh, we were able to develop uh, student ministry, build out our kids' ministry, uh, offer a lot more things, and uh, we got more staff members and, and just have really been able to expand and do a lot more on Sundays even. And so we've been able to reach a lot more people, have a lot more influence in the city as, as God has uh, expanded the size of our church. Bruce was actually one of the, I mean, he was my first full-time hire as one of our associate pastors. And so that was a major, we hit a point where we needed another person on staff full-time to be able to go after some big things that we sensed God wanted us to do. And so he's played a variety of roles. And, and if you've known Bruce, you've seen him wear different hats in church life. And so he, most recently, he's been leading our uh, family Life Ministries, which oversees Kids Zone and our student ministry, and so he has transitioned. He's transitioning out of our student ministry uh, in the next few months. So, yeah. So basically, my my journey on all of this is uh, while I was on staff, I did our our five year training program called Antioch Project. Uh, I got my seminary degree through that program. When I graduated, I was kind of expecting God to just you know send a message from the sky about my next steps and. It didn't come, and, you know, and I, I was feeling like I, I think church planning is is really important, but I didn't I didn't know if that was exactly what God was um, wanting me to do. So, you know, I graduated. A month went by, a couple months, a whole year goes by, and nothing really materialized for me. And so I was just I just didn't know. Hundred, you know, my next step, as far as I knew, was just to say uh, fully committed to to my under you know, under Josh's leadership here at OCC, uh, make this place go. And then, uh, you know, a year after I graduated, uh, we went to a leadership summit through that training program. And at the beginning, that's when things started to happen. Uh, at the beginning of that, I, I learned that I had a job offer to work at another church. And Somebody actually called me <laughs> and said, hey, I'd like to hire, I'd like to offer job, Bruce a job to come work at my church. And I'm like, but he works at our church. <laughs> <laughs> But it was good. I got advice from one of my mentors, and, and he said, hey, it's always good with those things to let the person sort. It would be helpful for him to sort and wrestle. And actually, so it was exciting to watch them wrestle through that. Yeah, that sorting was is actually what kind of got the ball rolling in my mind. I had to really decide, what, what, do we, what do we want to do with our lives? What are we going to be all about? And the opportunity just stirred that up. And so I talked to Josh about this. I was like, I think I, I, I don't think I want to go work for another church. I think I want to start a new church eventually. And I wrestled with that over this course of this weekend. Uh, during one of the breaks, I went for a run where, where this summit was happening. And I just started on the run. I was praying. I was, you know, in my mind, I was going through all the Bible verses that I had memorized, just trying to get some clarity from God on this. 
when I got to, in my mind, to, to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I, I, it, you know, it, it really stood out sharply in my mind, which is we walk by faith, not by sight. And I felt like God was saying to me out there that um, the whole past year I had been walking by sight because I was trying to see the next steps. I was trying to see what our future was going to be. And I wanted, I wanted to have the plan rolled out before I firmly said this is what we're doing. And that's, that's, that's not faith. You know, to, to walk by faith means you don't see what's happening. You don't know what the steps are. And you don't know what's going to happen. Like all the vision stuff that we're talking about in this series, these are big, scary steps, especially for the leader to say this is what we're doing. This, that is a, that's a lot of faith. And so I, I realized it's time for me to stop just waiting for sight and time for me to, to walk in faith. And so I said, I believe God has called me to plant a church. And that happened during that weekend, I was, which was great because I was able to talk more with Josh, uh, Randy Lanthrop, some other leaders and, and spiritual uh, authorities in my life. Uh, and they affirmed that. It was exciting. They, they saw that. Uh, they, they commended that and, and were eager to pray for me as I started that process. So that was about a year ago. So this whole past year, I realized I'm called to plant a church. I just don't know when or where this is going to happen. And so we've been going on scouting trips, uh, looking at different cities in the Inland Empire, because that's where I thought we'd be ending up. I, I wanted to stay close to our network here. And that was in my mind. I was learning a lot of demographics and things. I have pages and pages of notes in my journal from, from quiet times, God, God, you know, giving me courage, affirming this, giving me, you know, narrowing uh, my, my sense of direction on this. Until finally, one day, I... Uh, decided to scout out Santa Clarita, which was, uh, so, someone had suggested that to me. And I thought, where is that? <laughs> I, I don't know if you're like me, but, you know, maybe you've heard of it. You're not 100% sure where it is. It's, it's Magic Mountain is there, Six Flags. Um, it's the city on the five freeway before you go up the Grapevine and go up into Central California. So it's just before, you know, it's just north of L.A. City. And so I, I learned that. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to go into L.A. County. I want to stay out here. But I, I was like, I'll check it out. I want He's to be- going to become a Dodger fan. I have a friend, so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you would be thrilled at that, huh? So. Yeah. It could happen. <laughs> um, so I, I, I went out there. I scouted it out. And what's interesting, the very first place I went, you saw in the video, was in those canyons because uh, I was like, I'll start my day, my tour of this city in the canyons. I'll do some praying and reflecting. Uh, but as soon as I got out there, I was on the trail, I was hiking, and God drew my heart into the city. And I, I was just, I was loving what I was seeing. Um, you know, I got a good view of the city from there. And I thought, I don't need to look anywhere else. I think I found the place. But I was like, that's crazy. I've only, I've only been here for like 15 minutes. I haven't even really been into the city yet. And I thought, Lord, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's, a very strong sense that I have, but if this really is the place, would you uh, link me to a person that, that's from here, that lives here, that would help me bridge into the community? And as soon as I finished praying that, I passed by this guy, an older gentleman, on the trail, and it was, it was just what I had prayed for. I ended up having a 45-minute conversation with this man who's not a church guy, uh, not a Christian, but was really open and receptive to my, you know, as explained, I was thinking about planting a church in this area. And it was, I you know, shared the good news about Jesus with him. And it was really exciting. It was basically what I had prayed. And so I'm not like, now I'm really excited. <laughs> so the rest of the day, I, I toured the city, learned more about 
um, the need and the demographics and, and what the city's like. And everything just it was pointing me strongly in this direction. So when I left, I was driving home. I called Erin. I was like, I think I found the place. And she could hear the you know, excitement in my voice, which sounded totally different than any other places we had scouted out. And when I was driving back to you on the freeway, it takes a while, <laughs> um, I, one, another verse came to mind real sharply. It was Ephesians 2.10. And it's where it says we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance to do. And so I felt like I was saying this is I, I've already prepared this work for you to do for for Santa Clarita, for you and your and it's already been in the works. And I made you ideal for this job. And it, it gave me a lot of confidence and courage. And it, it really uh, propelled me forward on this plan. So I uh, I wanted to tell Josh I was so excited, but. He was on vacation, so I could. I had to wait, but then I did, and I texted him anyway. <laughs> so you know, he was excited too, and and so again, you know, leaders affirm this. Um, there, there's a lot of support that I had received in, in making these plans. That all happened in June. Uh, so since then, uh, I've been there a bunch of times and trying to get my bearings around the city. Uh, my family and I, we are very excited to go and very sad to leave. And we feel both of those ways pretty strongly, you know, just constantly, I'd, I'd say. So we're, we're, but we're, we're excited about what God's going to do. You're going to be hearing more about the details of this uh, in, you know, the months ahead as we build towards the launch. So thanks for sharing, Bruce. We'd like to send a team of adults who would move to Santa Clarita with the woods. Uh, that's part of our story as a church is we, we came here. Not My wife and I were willing to come here alone, but in God's kindness, he sent a team with us, people that moved with us from Church in the Valley. People sold homes. People relocated life and relocated their jobs. Here's a picture of the team that launched OCC off to the left. That was uh, back in 2007, and we had our grand grand opening in 2008. All of those people are, are part of our church, uh, still very active in our church. And But we would like to send Bruce and Aaron and their kids with some others uh, who would who would move and be part of a launch team. And, and so if you're a member of OCC and you sense God may be, uh, maybe wants to use you to help be, build the kingdom through church planting, then would you begin praying and consider applying to be part of our Santa Clarita launch team? Um, I have a, a copy of the Santa Clarita launch team application right here. It's several pages long, in case you're curious. It's not like, do I want to go, yes or no. It's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's a very thorough application because this is a spiritual endeavor with uh, a high commitment involved in it. And so what it would involve would be you would move. If you're a member of OCC, you walk through our membership process, then you get applied to be part of the launch team. It would involve you moving to Santa Clarita for at least two years. Uh, Commit two nights a week and your weekends to begin meeting people and inviting people to take their next steps with Jesus. Basically help reach people, help meet people and reach people there in Santa Clarita. You would be committing to be faithful in serving, to be faithful in tithing a tenth of your income to support the church. That is crucial to help the financial peace be moving forward. 
Uh, and basically, you're building life around the success of this new church. We'd love to see six to ten people uh, move with them to plant the church in Santa Clarita. And I would love to talk with any of you further about this opportunity. Um, pastoring this church has been really, it's, for my wife and I, has changed our lives. And it has allowed, and through God's kindness, God's plan has allowed all of our stories to intersect here in this city. Uh, and it's been a joy to experience that. And I'm excited to see really the next chapter of our church's uh, vision unfold through this church plant. Uh, the, the timing is up there, so launch teams are, launch team applications are available. They're in the breezeway as you're exiting today. Bruce will be there, uh, with his, his wife Erin. Uh, the deadli- deadline for the application would be November 8th. You'll need some time to pray through that. I would say a great starting point if you, if you have a sense, maybe I should, you know, look into start with prayer, pick up an application, and then if you need to talk further, you can. All the instructions are on the front cover page. Uh, December 31st is when we would have com- completed the interview process. We want to sit down with everybody and make sure that our advisory team has an opportunity to speak into this and that Bruce also has, that we're all on the same page with that team. By the end of the year, we would say this is the launch team, and then in June 2020, the Woods would move. They'd be the first to move, and then the team could begin moving two weeks later and would need to be in Santa Clarita within that six-week window there of June 15th through August 1st. And so... If you see Bruce and Aaron today, this is really exciting to make this announcement. They've known about this for at least a couple months now, and, and we decided to uh, sort of put this near the end of this series because it is part of the vision that, that we had been sensing uh, for the past year that we wanted to roll out. So it's exciting to see this piece coming together in the last few months. So uh, we'd be praying for them. There are some next steps you see at the bottom of your listening guide for you to evaluate those measures that we looked at this morning. Use that as a tool and reflect and evaluate in light of, of these different measures we looked at. A uh, great starting point, if you're newer to OCC, is to attend the next preview class to learn more about our church. And I, I want to invite our worship team to join me back up on the stage. And in a moment, we'll close our service. So let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, just the clarity that we gain from your word to see uh, the measures of success, Lord, that you desire for Christ's followers to become more like Jesus. Would you help us, Lord, to evaluate this week? If we're hitting the mark in our own personal lives or if there's anything that's blocking that, Lord, would you would you clarify so we could keep growing towards um, full maturity, Lord, we pray. And I pray for the woods, for Bruce and Aaron and their kids, Lord. We just We are so excited, Lord, to see them stepping out in faith. And at the same time, uh, we uh, will begin a process of, of sort of grieving the loss of the woods and they've meant so much to us they helped us get this church off the ground they poured themselves personally into this effort and god you have helped families who were uh, in the kingdom of darkness you through the woods lord have have used them to help people come to know jesus christ and step into the kingdom of light and father we sense that there are families in santa clarita that are yet to be reached And that you want to use this family and a team of people, Lord, to reach out to. Offering the hope and the peace and the joy that you promise, God. And we've experienced that here. We've seen many come to faith in Christ. And now, God, as we step out as a church to send and launch this family and, Lord willing, a team that you raise up. Father, would you put that all together in your perfect plan. 
We just trust you with it. We love you. We thank you, God, for the joy it is to to just join with you, God, in, in taking steps of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.